He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 138 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. As always, I'm James Richardson. I'm joined by Barry O'Hanron. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? I am alright. If anybody would like to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at a good talk golf, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Uh, I didn't play at the weekend. Did you play at the weekend? No, I didn't either, no. Well, I played four days in a row at Karn, so it was kind of nice to take a little mini mid-season break, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of itching now to get back at it. Uh, I'm but wi- it was I'm- all right yesterday. I was looking forward to trying to get some golf out this, af- this evening before or after the podcast. But um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's now raining. No, it feels like a November day here in Ireland. Horrible rain. It's just it's an ugly grey day. So, But that, that hasn't quelled the feeling that I want to go get back to the golf. So um, hopefully trying to schedule a, one of the internal club match play matches for this weekend, four ball match. And yeah, go from there. Yeah, it was slightly more difficult because there was a um, the senior club competition was on and drew uh, its heat over the weekend yeah the GUI senior cup were they were hosting a senior cup event all day Saturday all day Sunday yeah so that kind of put our course uh, out of action and we were offered in what we were able to play at half five I think in the evening yeah it was something like a nine hole shotgun start or something so uh, I gave up on that but I'm looking forward to this weekend I'm playing possibly Friday and definitely Sunday yeah, it was a bit. It's a bit of a shame because I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe about it because it is the thing we should be able to gripe about. You know, if your if your golf club drops a ball on something, there's two courses in our place. Now we're a member of the Heath, but we're not a member of the Glen. And we were told that if there was a big event on in the Heath, we would be accommodated with ability to play in Druids Glen. And we didn't get that this week. And there was no there was nothing really said. It was just like, oh yeah, the there was no real emails that I saw anyway come out to explain what was happening. There was a senior cup event. It would be a good opportunity to go down and watch some really high-level golfers play, not just from our club, but just from from all the clubs that were participating down there. And, and it was just a bit disappointing we weren't offered the chance to play Druids Glen. Um, even if there was a limited availability, it would have been good. Yeah, but, like we were very clearly told, but anyway, it didn't happen. So uh, it was a weekend away from golf, um, which uh, it coincided okay because we were on the all, we you and I were off the back of a big weekend of golf down in Carn, so. so if you play a load of golf, it's not bad to take a little break and it builds a fire to get back to it again. So Yeah, I want to get back though because um, I kind of feel like we're now at the end of June, July will swing by August and then all of a sudden you're looking at the wrong end of the season and you're looking at winter again. Yeah, yeah. well you just got to hope that we get the extended summer we do here in Ireland, get the Indian summer in September, you know, a decent September, maybe a couple of weeks in October to you know, that, you know, extend the season out a bit. So uh, I guess that uh, that's all in the future, but you know we've a good, hopefully a good July and August ahead of us. And this is just a little bout of bad weather before a few weeks of nice weather. Yeah, if anybody has been playing, let us know how you guys are getting on. A good talk golf is the Twitter handle. Uh, suppose uh, looking at the news, it's a light enough week. But if we look just locally before we look internationally, um, 
the 107th Irish PGA Championship was taking place in Moy Valley Golf Club and this is 112, 113 of the, the biggest kind of club names and touring pros in Ireland um, all turned up. Tim Rice out of Limerick Golf Club went wire to wire with a uh, pretty unassailable 17 under. Colin Moriarty of Drive Golf, um, cup three shots behind at minus 14. And then to show the quality of the two lads, um, Damian McGrain and Simon Thornton, next tour players at minus six and minus five were the next two. I suppose we've got to give a shout out to Marco Matney who uh, finished tied 10th, which was great for him. Bounce back ability. Yeah. Um, big event over four days. So it's, I think Paul Carrington won this about uh, the year that he mm. won the first of his Open Championships. He won. Yeah. The uh, the PGA went uh, went over and played in it just to get the juices flowing. So it's a big up. event. It's a big event for the Irish players, and uh, you know. So congratulations to Tim Rice. You've played Moy Valley before. What's it like? Uh, we played it last year in a team event off the very back sticks. It is very long. Um, very enjoyable, nice course, um, well kept. It's, I suppose this will make more sense to some of the Irish listeners rather than otherwise. Um, it's a Celtic Tiger course. It mm. kind of sprang up right at the height of our uh, economic boom. Um, big, big clubhouse. Lots of money went into it. Not so many members now. And uh, in fairness, the, the course is still very, very well maintained. But, um, so there's an expansive build and property size and the, 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 the scope of the course. So. Yeah, but it's playable. The great thing about that course is, okay, we played it off the very back sticks, but even when we were playing off the back sticks, it was still relatively playable. Hmm. Um, I heard at the week during the week that the, the PGA Championship was on that there was a pretty nasty crosswind, mm-hmm. which uh, wouldn't have helped because I think most of it was, it's kind of, it's not out and back, but a lot of them were kind of up and down okay. as a golf course. Uh, but it's it's nice. It's it's expansive, and it's one of those courses that when you're on one hole, even though there's another hole running alongside you, the, between the fairways, the rough, and then the long rough, there's actually such a distance that you actually aren't really feeling like you're on top of the people on the other holes, if okay. that makes sense. That's pretty good. So you're kind of playing in an isolation almost. Yeah, but not like not like in a in a links isolation where yeah. like you can't see anybody. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, if you if you're shouting four onto the other fairway, you've gone pretty wild. You're hitting it as wild as I am. Uh, okay, and in turn, they've loads of different tees to play off different lengths as well, do they? Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. like it just happened to be it was one of these kind of uh, back tee yeah competitions. So we went up myself and a few of the lads. Uh, Went up and played last year. Which okay, was I suppose the big question about any golf course you play is, would you go back and play it again? Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, it's uh, it, it was a very nice course, very pleasant and definitely worth going back to. Um, I don't actually know what the the green fees were because I think we paid like, I think it was like 50 euros and we got like dinner. It was a proper competition. We got dinner and everything thrown in. So Can't argue with that. Um, you know, I don't know what it would be if you turned up, but I, I would suspect it's probably in the 30 to 40 euro kind of range all right but um very good well worth it and they do a lot of kind of weekend events especially kind of long weekends they do a competition over like two days and you can pick whichever day you want as a team event which i think is a bit cheeky because you could have a really good day 
weather day one and weather-wise, and then day two could just be unfortunate. But yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, wouldn't wouldn't turn down going back out and playing it. And I think the the pros have played there now two years in a row, so it's it's pretty. It's pretty getting, high up on their list. Anyway. It's getting its status back up there. Yeah, you know, um, it did fall down. A I bit put it, I put it in the same category as the Heritage. Okay. Really nice course. Definitely enjoyed playing. Will go again. Would I go ahead of somewhere else I haven't played? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you know, if somebody said I've got a four ball in in Moy Valley, I'm not going to turn it down. Yeah, it's like we're we're so spoiled for choice over here. So you know, if you do have an opportunity to play a new course you haven't played before. You're going to take that on before you you route back around to to go into that. Worth worth the visit by the sounds of it. Anyway, yeah, what, yeah, definitely, definitely worth the visit. Get a um, four ball voucher and we'll go. <laughs> so I suppose the big news in golf this week is it is that time every two years um, for Titleist to send out for seeding and pro validation. Though I think that just sounds like they're just giving them to the pros this week to put them in the bags. I'm I'm going to rephrase. Pro validation, as in this is how to hype your clubs for two months and get everybody wet to buy them. Well, could you imagine if, like, if Adam Scott came back and said, actually, you know, the two years of R and D, which in fairness is probably more like three to four years of R and D, came back and went, yeah, you've really balls that up. What are they going to do? Pull it and say, sorry, we're not releasing these clubs. Like, they're already in production. Come on, I do. I just love the way that they they claim it as uh, seeding and pro validation. It's it's hype building. It's we're handing them out. But it works really well because if you look at the social media of any Titleist player this week, they've just been throwing photos out there. Poulter had one of the golf clubs in his bed, which was a little extreme. And I think he busted that out, bust out the information or a photo about them a day or two before they went properly public with it. Well, I Maybe texted you part- during the week and said, yeah. isn't it this weekend that they usually release? Isn't the next weekend the Quicken Loans Quicken tournament Loans, that yeah. usually has the Titleist gear? Mm. And you were like, oh yeah, I think so. And then about... 24 hours I got an email from Titleist saying yeah, yeah. hey look what's just been sent out on tour <laughs> I was like okay but it, look, 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 let's talk about these for a second 718, uh, 718s they're replacing the 716s there is now an abundance of options available the AP1, the AP2s the CBs and the MBs were the original four mm-hmm. the TMBs were originally only available in Japan yep they're now going to be made available worldwide. TMBs are like a muscle back blade, I guess. Yeah, you, I have the four iron version mm. because we were available in Europe. We were able to get the the two, the three, and the four irons. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the TMB oh, four great. iron. Like it's just it's so easy to hit. The ball flight's great, and it just has a look of a blade, but the playability for players back. doesn't quite get to play like i'd love to be a cb or an mb player but that's just never going to happen so they've added the tmbs mm-hmm. but they've now added what they're calling the ap3 which really is an ap one and a half so it's somewhere between <laughs> an ap1 and an ap2 and i think they've strengthened the ap2 to be more closer to the CB. A, an elite player or kind of a, a, a lower handicap player and then the three is going in the middle of the two. I don't get the naming. I don't get the branding. I also don't understand why they couldn't just make... Like, yeah, I don't get the brand. I don't get the, the numbers. Why does why does the sequence go one, three, two? I mean, they either shift the AP1, which is the, the 
entry level well not the entry level club well it's the game they're, improver they're, it's, there they're, we go they're easiest that's the way to say it yeah. club iron it's let's say they're, they're level iron. one entry club and you know for for whatever I mean, there's, there's a couple of pros in the senior tour that use AP1 so there's you know it's whatever club works for whatever player but that's their number one why they go one three two? Why they didn't shift that one laterally across into a new category on its own, and then you could have, you or just go AP. You know, just have yeah. the AP, the AP one, the AP two. Like, or I don't, give I don't them different, give, give them different letters or numbers or something. Anyway, it's it's a bloody mess, and it's, it's going to cause a lot of confusion. They probably should have fixed it somehow, any other way, but this. It's, well, maybe it's messy. this is their seeding and val- pro validation. Maybe they'll yeah. come back and rename it. We're all really confused right now. Can you just change the number? Anyway, so. The they as with a lot of Titans clubs and uh, Irons in particular, they look really, really impressive. Um, they always look great. The Titans logo is just that classic look on them. Um, for me, I thought the as always the the MBs, which is their their blades. So you'll have your your Adam Scott and a couple of players on tour will play those. Yeah, so they, just Adam Scott. Pretty much Adam Scott. Yeah, they haven't even changed it this year. They they basically said they still we look, just rebranded yeah. with a seven one eight on the hosel and that's it. Yeah, well the seven one six by all accounts was a sensational club and uh, it still looks amazing. So, um, but that's one that you know I don't know it's for for anybody other than a supreme ball striker. They're kind of a, it's kind of an ego club or a good looking club. Like it, it would likely not give you the be- the better results versus other clubs. Two years ago, when I went to change from the uh, the seven one fours to the seven one sixes, I hit the MBs and the CBs, mm-hmm. and at the time I was playing really well, and the numbers were amazing, and off the club face they were amazing, and it's just oh like just an incredible club. I remember Mark saying. Yeah, look, I'll you know I'll totally fit you out for the CBs or the MBs, but I can guarantee you that when you're not playing really, really well, you're gonna really hate playing golf because mm-hmm. you're just gonna be hitting it about a yard above the, the the grass level, and that's it. You're gonna hate it if you can't find. He reckons that if you can't find the middle of the club, nine out of ten times on an AP one or an AP two, you cannot play CBs Absolutely. or an MBs. You might get away with two or three really good shots around with them. Yeah, but the other 120 are going to be pretty. <laughs> the the thing about the MBs, if anybody gets an opportunity to try the blades, I, I couldn't recommend it highly enough because it is the sweetest feeling ever when you hit it out of the middle. But you get reminded very quickly how you probably won't be there won't be the right club for you when you don't hit it sweetly because it feels bloody awful. There's um, very little information about yeah. what they've actually done yet mm. to make the seven one eights better than the seven sixteens. Um, it still has the Tunscan um, in it. it it's it been removed from the back of the, the irons but it is still there we'll have to see a lot of things like the loft and the lies because there tends to be a bit of tweaking at times a little bit. by uh, kind of making the AP1s a little bit more lofty the, the thing I noticed about them it, just, it looks like they've built up the perimeters of the clubs a little bit better um, for the APs in particular and the CBs obviously Um and it looks like there's a little bit more stability built into them, a little bit more forgiveness, perhaps. Uh, just just from a, a, a visual perspective on the back of the club. They do look great. The AP2s look fantastic. I personally, if I was on, on a visual basis, I think the CBs look absolutely sensational. I would love to have those sitting in my bag. Um, whether they be uh, whether I'd be suitable or good enough to play them is another question altogether. And uh, 
So I would I would take the TMBs because I love hitting the four iron that yeah. I have, and I'd say it's a really probably a good mix between the AP twos that we both have and that kind of wanting to play the blade, the thinner top line. But uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, it's really whatever gets you around the course rather than yeah. anything else. And you can go in with, and I suppose this goes back to what we've always said on this show. It's one thing to look at the pictures and go, oh, I really want to hit the, the AP2s or mm-hmm. I really want to hit an NB. But it's more about getting fitted and getting the right club in the bag because your enjoyment is going to be so much better when you're playing better rather than yeah. kind of being a, a one-trick pony of turning up and showing off, oh, look, I have the NBs sure, and sure, not being yeah. able to hit them. It's of no benefit to you. Not really, no. Your bag will look great, but your scorecard won't. I mean, th- yeah, that's... The best thing is, go in with an open mind and coming out of a fitting session with somebody who knows what they're doing and you've got fitted into a particular club, that's the biggest confidence builder ever, that you know this club is the best one for you out of all of those. Are you thinking of changing? Would you think of changing? Yeah, I think I might. It's very tempting now at this stage. My clubs are going to be four years old. um, so. And your swing is still the same. No, I'm better than I was four years ago, handicap-wise, I think. Uh, I didn't say uh, handicap-wise. No, it's... <laughs> I, if I was going for that. a change, if I was going for a change, I think I'd do a mixed bag. I like the idea of that, but... I think, then, I, think again, I would, you know, look for the, the lesser irons. I think I'm better now than I was two years ago with the likes of the wedges and the, the mm. shorter irons, and I, I would look to see about the idea of maybe putting the TMBs or the CBs in for the kind of seven, eight, nine iron and mm. leave the AP twos and even look at an AP three for maybe the four or the five iron. If that's, if that's what you need, but you have a four club, four different types of clubs in your bag, but if it works, it works. And, and the, you know, it's, it's all, it is all about going to somebody who really knows what they're doing. And this is not just for titleists. You know, I've got, we've gone into four golf and experienced it with, you know, other different manufacturers clubs as well. It's going to somebody who really understands and knows what they're doing in terms of fitting and doing a good job. And and if you're even thinking about doing a mixed bag, you most certainly need to do that because oh, the yeah. gapping of the... Uh, you need a f- about mm-hmm. a four-degree gap between each of uh, each of the lofts and you'll find that an AP1's gapping is going to be very different to, say, the MB gapping. Sure. And so you can't mix and you a might, five and a six from one and an eight and a nine from another. And you it's might even end up with different shafts and different heads. You know, for the yeah. TMBs, you might end up with a different shaft than you would for your, your, your wedge irons, you know. So uh, it's a, it gets, you know, it, from what seems to be a very simple process of just being able to buy a set of clubs off the shelf can get very, very complicated all of a sudden. So it is... Uh, well, Justin Thomas is putting them in the bag this week, straight out of the box, and Ian Poulter, if he can get them out of his bed, might actually put them in his bag, but uh, um, it'll be interesting to see how the players go, like, obviously these guys have pretty much, I'd say, had a few of them over the last last while, it'll be interesting to see the likes of, because Jordan Spieth has always been one of the great examples of, you know, he hits the AP2s, mm-hmm. um, and has obviously done so well. But he was very slow to change to the 716s from mm-hmm. the 714s previously. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly just uh, uh, Jordan Spieth 
decides to change now to the 718. And particularly with the way he's striking the ball this year. He's like, what, number one for strokes gain, T to green on the PGA Tour at the moment, I think I heard. And, you know, We're so going to be coming on to him. We, we will uh, get spoiler to Spoiler alert. We'll yeah, be yeah, coming yeah. on to him uh, he, in relation to the Travellers. I think people may have seen a couple of things he did over the weekend. Well, well one in particular. Um, yes, I mean, he, this might be, it might be a great time for him to go, but you know what, I've just won. I've got a little bit of leeway, some time to kind of get used to clubs. Or he might just kind of hang on and say, do you know what, I'm going to wait. The Open Championship is in a few weeks' time. I'm, I'm comfortable with what I have. Everything's going really well. I've got to win. Let's just keep let's just keep the fire lit on these. And then we'll, we'll maybe switch after the PGA Championship. And that, that could be already open. Championship. So, look, we'll I think find out, jo- I, I think for Jordan, of, of all people, you just keep going with what you've got at the moment. I think so. You know, why, why change? And we're going to come on to Roar in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, you, you really want to keep with what's happening anyway let us know what you guys think about the Titleist Irons this is kind of a bit like a giddy time of the year because every week over the next while there'll be more and more release of the kind of the new gear from all the different manufacturers so we'll keep an eye out for for the various ones so it's not just going to be Titleist we'll talk about a good talk golf is the Twitter handle the LPGA were at the Walmart in Northwest Arkansas Championship in Rogers Arkansas and uh, So Ying Ryu. So Young Ryu, yeah, you were yeah, close. Uh, yeah, close enough. Uh, won by a two shots by Amy Yang at 18 under. And uh, the ladies are moving very swiftly on to another major for these guys next mm-hmm. week, isn't that right? And with all the presence on social media and golf channel and everything, it seems like Phil Mickelson might be teeing it up there as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, there was a skills challenge, there was a lot going on with Phil and the, the ladies. I think it's, we've talked about this previously on the show, I'm not sure that we're too long away from looking towards that kind of proper, genuine, mixed event mm-hmm. to try and get, because the LPGA want to get a bit closer to the PGA, and the PGA are happy enough to kind of open up that market as well. And I think it might be something that you'll see. This might be the likes of Phil going over, all of this stuff going on. It might just be the kind of the start of a, a look at. He might be he might be trying to steal a caddy from somebody over there as well. Um, yeah. Well, like, I mean, the seal was broken on the team event this year at the Zero Classic. So on a, on a tour as a tour event rather than an exhibition. So and the, you know we have plenty of mixed exhibitions over the last few years. So you know there there could be something in the uh, in the in the works uh, which would be really cool to see yeah and a lot of the big names coming to the fore again Michelle Wee, Stacey Lewis Minji Lee Indy Park like all these guys really hitting form um while we're talking about it we might as well just go on to the LPGA uh, major that's on next sure, week yeah. and let's have a look just very briefly of the what the the, the prices are looking like for for the, the the major. So market leader and media dodger this week is Lexi Thompson at eight to one. Uh, Ariat Jutanagarn is nine to one. So Young Ryu is eleven to one, looking to go back to back weeks winning. Inji Chun fourteen to one. Inbi Park sixteen to one. Sung Hyun Park eighteen to one. Minji Lee twenty two to one. Lydia Ko twenty five to one. As are Brooke Henderson, Shan Shan Feng, and Stacey Lewis, who is probably a lock for top two or three, as she usually is in the majors, unfortunately. She just can't seem to get that win. Um, Did you see what's Brooke Henderson there? Brooke Henderson, 25 to 1. 25 to 1, defending champion. Uh, Amy Yang and Maria Jutanagarn are 28 to 1. Anna Nordqvist, Carlotta Saganda, 33 to 1. And the rest of the field are 40 to 1 and out. Just 
stacked field as you'll expect and lots of lots of uh, lots of big talent there so I, sh- I should have said that this is the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. It's at the Olympia Fields in Illinois. Um, it's going to be played on the par 71, 6,588. Um, and as we said, it's one of the five majors for the LPGA. So it'll be interesting to see uh, can Lydia Ko uh, overturn the loss last year from the playoff against Brooke Henderson to, to pick up this championship. So, um, yeah, l- looking forward to that. Um this is well. They had the LPGA on Sky during the last weekend, so hopefully they'll have coverage of this. this they should weekend. have a little bit of the major, yeah. I mean, even if it's just after the PGA Tour coverage, we'll get to see some. Yeah, sometimes they red button it, so we'll we'll keep an eye on on what's happening. Let's look at the men's um, tour and, in particular, the European tour. The BMW International Open was taking place at the um, Munich Club, and uh, on. Andre Romero won for the first time. The Argentinian won by one shot ahead of uh, Thomas Dietrich, Richard Bland and Sergio Garcia, who's just continuing his good form this season, um, who were a short, further shot back at 16-under. Uh, Karlberg, 14-under, and then Tommy Fleetwood and uh, Paratore of Italy at 13-under. So, you know, it, it's... Uh, an interesting tournament. It was a bit of a mixed field. There was a few big names, few few of the lesser known guys, but um, Andres Romero did actually have a win on the European Tour, but it was ten years ago. A small event, the Deutsche Bank Players Championship of Europe. Thanks. First to... time in ten years, then you ran. Yeah, won. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's a long stretch. Look, um, this event really baffles me. Like, how did they get such a strong field of big names to it? I mean, it must be the BMW courtesy cars for the week. You know, are incredible. Like the M, they might be the M one or something like that. Um, but you know the prize fund is tiny, so uh, it just it's it's amazing how they managed to pull it off. And fair play to the the promoters; they they must be doing something really. Do you well think a lot boys. of the big names see this as one of those four that they have to do each year? That's on the P- is that what, is that on the European tour as well? Well, is this not uh, the, the PGA new requirements? No, because is this not now one of the requirements to be eligible to hold your tour card to play in the Ryder Cup? They have to do four non-major events every year. Uh, oh, that, they, that could be it. So maybe this is one that they see as the start of this kind of swing back into your mm. getting ready for the Open and they just kind of pick through the, the, the book and go, Asher, I'll do the BMW, that's fine. It's I'll Munich, I get to wear later hosen and drink some beer. But it might just be, like, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because it's certainly not by any stretch uh, a big uh, prize fund, but it certainly brings a few of the big names. Let's talk about a few of them. Obviously, Sergio just falling short. 66, 70, 67, 69. So um, a, a pretty solid week for him. Um, but ultimately, Romero won this by the 65 on the final day. Seven birdies in the last 11 holes. That is just savage. And to come through the field to do it, um, you know, it, it's impressive. Tommy Fleetwood, this guy just seems to be up there all the time at the moment. Like mm-hmm. He must be on a cloud. Henrik Stenson, uh, top 10. Uh, six shots behind 67, 69, 72, 69 never quite put the low numbers that a lot of the guys were putting in the 65, 66s um, anybody else in this tournament that kind of, you know, nice to see Jamie Donaldson back up there in, in tied 15th, Joss Luton you know, Fischberger there's, there's a few good names that were kind of clamouring up towards the, the, 
the top 20, top 25? Yeah, the young Belgian Thomas Detry is a very impressive player. Um, I think he's got a pretty bright future ahead of him. Uh, he's starting to, you know, starting to kind of flex his muscles on tour, and you know maybe a win is not too far around the corner. Um, he can hit the ball an awful long way, and he's kind of got Nicholas Cole starts to kind of you know help guide him along. The Belgians stick together pretty tightly, so yeah, uh, pretty nice, uh, pretty nice double eagle, as they say, or whatever they call it on uh, in America. They uh, on the thirteenth. Hit the uh, par four, sank it for a two. That's, That's just great. a single eagle. Single eagle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, tidy enough card over the course of the week. Not too, not too many uh, bogeys over there. But um, again, you know, the seventy-one and seventy on Friday and Saturday just didn't quite give him enough to get over the line. But he's one in your your kind of view that we should be keeping an eye on. Definitely one to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, let's let's move it on. Uh, I think because we probably want to talk about what happened over in the states. So the Travelers Championship was taking place, and uh, I suppose this was at the TPC River. Um, this was all about Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Should we go in reverse and just talk about the celebration? Well, okay, there was a shot after the celebration. Well, let's let's just but... say Jordan Spieth wins it in a playoff against Daniel Berger when they finished. The 72 holes, joint leaders at minus 12, and then we pretty much get to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can start with the celebration, or do you want to tell the listeners who might not have seen it? No. Go Google it. I'll do, I won't do it justice. Well, so Jordan's in the bunker. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> James will do it justice. It's called, it's called a podcast. If yeah, people yeah. haven't seen it, Barry, they're going to need to have some uh, indication. It's, it. it's worth... Yeah, okay, okay, Grant. <laughs> so... Jordan Spieth is, is short-sighted himself. He's in the bunker uh, in two. I think uh, Daniel Berger was on the green, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, and Jordan Spieth, just out of nowhere, just, what, one bounce, two bounces and in? Yeah, well, it should, it should be said that he was in the same bunker twice in a row. In regulation on 18, he was in that same bunker and put his bunker shot pretty damn close to the hole. So I think he had a really good vibe about trying to hold it. And, uh, well, do you know what? He, he actually went and did it. He played a beautiful bunker shot. And she went at nice put in a nice pace for holding out. You know, you know, you say like a nice pace for a putt for it holding out. This was a nice pace for a bunker shot holding out. And, wow. Talking about Titleist Irons earlier, his uh, AP2 pretty much went further than the ball went <laughs> because... He flung that uh, club halfway back down the, uh, the the fairway, and it was a hell of a shoulder bump um, yeah. and chest pump that he did with uh, his caddy. Did you see Greller through the rake, f- launch the rake up in the air? Yeah. Which is pretty funny, but yeah, speed sprinted, throw, hurled his club at the bag, I think, sprinted out of the bunker, and then the two of them did like a jumping chest bump or body bump or whatever it was. Like, uh it's pretty pretty big, like pretty big emotional moment. I think and if you if you if you haven't seen it, but if you ever watch like American football, it's the kind of jump <laughs> yeah. that they get a lot of guys do when they score a touchdown. It's that kind of moment. And do you know what? It was it was made all the better by the the amphitheater around the green on eighteen. There, unbelievable. The crowd is just piled in around it in this bowl. You know, it's just a bowl of people, and there's a green in the at the bottom of this bowl, and they were. They went bananas and it really added to it. It was just a great moment, you know, really exciting. It was really cool to see that, like, explosion of emotion and uh, and the, the fans going nuts. And do you know what? Um, 
so that 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 covered it's really cool and daniel berger gave him props took his time and actually gave it a really good chance uh gave it a really good go trying to tie speed with a birdie um it should be said though, you know, Speed made a couple of birdies early on and then came home and two over from then on. Like he had the tournament was his to just win outright and he, he do you know what? He had to make a birdie on fifteen to get himself to twelve under and then hang on. To, yeah, to post. Like, this wasn't the most convincing. Started the week like a bullet from a gun, sixty three, sixty nine, sixty six. But the seventy, like, you know, you're absolutely right. He had to hang on. Like he had what was he? Uh, he was two under through the first three holes. Then he drops a shot on the fourth. And then he really doesn't do an awful lot. Drops on 12, drops on 14. And is now one over for the day. And needed, absolutely needed that, that birdie on 15. Mm. And kind of you could argue, okay, the brilliance of the playoff. But he kind of just threw himself over the line here. You know, Daniel Berger went 68, 67, 66, 67. Like... It was a pretty good week for Daniel Berger. Um, it, it was a win a, is a win, and it doesn't really matter. Absolutely, but it wasn't the most convincing of uh, wins from where he started on Sunday. He really let a lot of guys get a bit too close to him. Mm. Um, His putting on Sunday really let him down. He lost over one and a half strokes to the field on Sunday. So um, that's that's an indication of when Jordan Speed is losing strokes to the field putting. There's something really off in the putting. And, um, he's, he said he has been a little bit in and out with his putting recently and just said that he actually didn't want to practice it this week um, to just try to go back to getting a, nat- a natural feel or a less thought out feel about it um, so there was good parts and there were bad parts you know 63 you're obviously putting very well and uh, the 66 on Saturday but Sunday hanging on in there but isn't that what the great players do you grind it out when you don't have your best on the day, you grind it out and you you just win whatever way you can. Like to put it in perspective, in the in the round of sixty three, he was one point eight strokes gained putting mm. uh, on the field. Like the one thing that was mentioned about his putting on Sunday was that he seemed to be taking even more time, even on the short ones. Uh, like Jordan isn't particularly the fastest on a lot of the putts over the last while, but. He he absolutely stitched, I think, a nine iron in to one of the holes um, on, on Sunday. And it was an absolute beautiful shot. Wasn't a particularly difficult putt. And it was very, very short. I've never seen a man look at that putt more for him. Like, normally he's the kind of guy who looks at it, steps up, looks at the hole, in. Um, great for Jordan Speed though, because it's another... I think he won the AT, T, AT&T Pebble Beach earlier in the season. It's another victory for him. Um, coming off the last couple of weeks a guy who could really carry this on into uh, into the open um, I like Jordan Spieth I just I like the way he plays it I like the the the, the, the fun that he, he shouts at the ball I, I, I think I don't know I just like him as a as a player um, let's talk about some of the other players though Charlie Hoffman falling a little bit short Danny Lee Patrick Reed. Paul Casey again, another another strong week with him. Let's talk about the other end of the leaderboard. Um, Roy McIlroy just scrapes in by the seat of his pants to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, he turns up on the range with, I think, pretty much every putter that Taylor made make. <laughs> and the spider is now being stamped on and got rid of. And he's now got a D putter out of in the bag. What I don't get about a guy who had been itching, and I mean itching, to get 
his old Scotty Cameron into his hand mm-hmm. from the titleist days to sign up to then go to TaylorMade completely, including the putter. I just don't get that. I and I don't think TaylorMade would have had that big an issue if he had said, "I'll hit all your drivers, I'll hit all your irons, but I'm keeping my putter." And I can't see right. Jordan Spieth has used the same Scotty Cameron that he's used since he was like whatever age. Mm-hmm. Helps that he plays Titleist clubs. No, so it is. But if if he wasn't playing Titleist, I still don't think he would. If he was planning on signing a deal with TaylorMade or with Callaway, mm-hmm. I think the first thing on the table would be, I'm not using your putter because that's my putter. That's what's. Yeah. That's what I'm comfortable with. And I don't understand why Rory has done the one thing that everybody knew he wanted to do was get back to a Scotty to give that up for, I don't know, or money just, or... Just to have the just... full freedom again. It's, it is. It's really amazing. Like to, to repeat the same mistake twice is pretty dumb. Like. But is that his stupidity? Is that greed? Or is it the stupidity of his management who couldn't get the deal over the line? Like, where's the... Is it is it the dog wagging the tail or the other way around? Like surely for 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 Rory, he has to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is that when he knows himself, he talked about it after he came out of the Nike stuff about you know. I think it was like announced on what like a Monday that he was basically out of the Titleist, uh, out of the the Nike contract, and that week he was back on the Scotty Cameron. Yeah, we knew that from a few weeks before. Uh, he had been on the practice range messing around on the putting green messing around with Scotty Cameron's putters again he clearly had it in his head that he wanted to go back there's no I way, just don't get it there's no way that's the deal breaker there's no way that he says to TaylorMade I want my putter and they got deals off the table it just doesn't happen and even if he walks away they come back to try to get him a few weeks later and they go shit we actually we need him on board we want Rory as a TaylorMade player the putter, the put, there's no way that putter's a deal breaker, and that's you know I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Why not give yourself the freedom with the one club that he's struggled with the most in his whole career, which is the putter? Like you said, I just it just it, it's baffling, um, and and seeing him with the spider putter, that big massive mallet, he's never had that style of putter before, so he must really be gone through the horrors if he's considering changing the the style of putter. He's always looked like a. A, a hammer style putter or you know this, this classic Scotty Cameron style putter now having said that having said that yeah. on the complete flip side of Rory who is the most frustrating player at times he goes 67-73 makes it through the weekend does a pretty average level par round on Saturday and then comes out when it doesn't really matter he's not in contention and blows the lights out of the place with a you know a superb 64 it was probably the worst score he could have shot as well in the day. He actually didn't put that well on Sunday either. And isn't that just like the most infuriating thing about him? Like it was, it's like he did it at the uh, at the major. You know, he needed birdies. Mm. Then all of a sudden, he gets to the last three or four holes, and then he just starts. It's like, it's like he's getting in his own way of winning tournaments at the moment. That he needs to play the way he played on Sunday with a 64, like he played the last few holes when he knew he wasn't mm. making the cut at the major. I just, I, I don't know what it is about Rory right now, that it's, just there's something that's not quite right. If he gets it right, though, it's ominous. I mean, he's hitting the ball miles with the driver. The driver's coming back. Great, like, 
you know, 70% accuracy for the week on a pretty tight golf course. And he's hitting, you know, averaging 322 for the week and distance. It's, it's unbelievable. 94.4% um, greens in Sunday. on Sunday. Yeah, that's good. Just missed the one green. So, um, yeah, you don't want to, yeah, whatever. Look, um, it's, if you can get that putter right over the next few weeks and just find that little something in the stroke and he goes, okay, I feel comfortable. He's dangerous, you know. I, I even just, uh, I, I'm going to leave the putting and the putter on this. Even if he had signed to say, I will, but not until 2018. Just give me, you know, I just want to take the time to get used to it off the course, out of competition, I'll play with it, get used to the tailor-made putters. I just don't understand why you change putter, flat bang at the time when you're coming back from injury Mm. You want your short game to be there. And let's face it, at the end of the day, the difference between a lot of these guys is who's going to put best of the week during oh, the gotcha. weekend. You know, that's that's where the difference between the best and the worst Especially are. Especially for points. him because his ball striking is so good. If he has a decent week, half decent week with a putter, he wins. You know, he wins or he's there threatening. So, yeah, look, I think we're agreed on this. Uh, that's a, a strategy fail on their, on his on his team's part for the contract he signed. He should have had putter freedom. But uh, Nice look, to see Porrick Harrington. Uh, back yeah. after his kind of freakish injury, finishing top 17. Uh, anybody else, Barry, that kind of uh, raised a flag to you, good, bad, indifferent? Anybody else in the in the field that kind of, you know, Bryson DeChambeau knocking around there at five under? That's his first out. good half-decent result in a while. He's really been struggling. Um, yeah, well, lots of miscuts. Talk about, there's a man who's tinkering around. If he just plays golf like everybody else, he might actually... You know, go and fulfill the potential this guy has. Uh, like side saddling putters, really. You know, just come on. Yeah, it's um. Ah, look, sure, we'll we'll talk about Bryson a bit more if he shows up a bit higher on the leaderboard. I guess uh, there's other guys showing a little bit better. Uh, Xander Schauffele continued his good form from the U.S. Open. Um, you know, uh, will Paul Casey ever win, or will he just keep banging in top fives and top tens? Becoming uh, the Matt Kuchar at the moment, isn't he? Just you know. Cashing those checks, but never That's, quite yeah, getting yeah, over the Exactly, money. just walking away with wheelbarrows of money. Anyway, okay, I think we'll just move on to this week. Um, this week in France, we have the Open de France, and it is one of the Rolex series events, which has a gigantic prize fund for the European Tour. I think it's 7 million euro. It is 7 million dollars guaranteed, and which has attracted a pretty solid field, um, including John Ram, who's taken a bit of break from the PGA Tour to come across and play at the Ryder Cup venue next year, which is the Golf National uh, in Paris. He's 12 to 1 market leader. Francesco Molinari's 14 to 1. Wiesberger, 18 to 1, as is Alex Naren. Tommy Fleetwood, 20 to 1. Martin Keimer and Thomas Peters are 25 to 1. Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, 28 to 1. Joost Lauten, Tyrrell Hatton, 33 to 1. Andy Sullivan, 35s, along with Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and Dylan Fratelli. Ross Fisher, Chris Wood are 40 to 1. George Kutsea, Ira Gray McDowell, 45 to 1. And the rest of the field are 55 to 1 and out. So, no, no massive clear favourite here. A um, bit of a spread. There was a bit of rain on the golf course uh, recently, and you know they do a little bit of wind and not too high in temperatures this week. So you know somebody can handle a little bit of messy weather conditions could be uh, is the kind of guy to look out for. And this is a course that really s- repeats year after year. Guys either love it or hate it. So definitely look for a bit of previous course form here if you're looking to pick anyone for a fantasy golfer for bets. I am going with Soren uh, Kelson. Kelson, good shout. He's great and. 
poor weather conditions. Uh, he's been off for a couple of weeks as well, so he uh, he looks like a guy who might come through this week. Uh, Fifty-five to one, I think. He, you know, so an each way bet. Uh, Andy Beef Johnson as well. He's been uh, he's been playing pretty golf. well over the last while. He's so. been playing golf. Um, I, I'm going to keep I keep a Thomas Detry. He's got a bit, of, you know, second last week playing hot golf. Um, you know, he doesn't even he doesn't need to hit his driver around here an awful lot. It's a lot it's about getting the ball in play and hitting some greens and regulation. This is a golf course that can punish you if you're wild off the tee and uh, can you can roll up some pretty big numbers pretty quickly. So uh yeah, he's my pick, sixty six to one and uh on uh, Paddy Power. So Alright, Quick and Loans National over in the US. Let's have a look at the uh the yep. betting markets for this. Um, Ricky Fowler seven to one. Justin Thomas eleven to one. Patrick Reed fourteens. Kevin Chapel twenty twos. Brendan Steele twenty five. Tony Finau twenty eight. Oh my, Paddy Power thing's gone all over the place. Bill Haas and Mark Leishman are twenty two to one. Um, David Lingmer thirty to one. Siwoo Kim, Russell Henley are thirty three to one. Billy Horschel thirty five to one. And Ben Ann is. 40 to 1 alongside Bud Cawley and okay so Paddy Power's website's gone all over the place I've missed a few um, alright well look yeah. people can look it up um, it starts tomorrow so it's uh, it's it's getting close to game time as they say um, any bets this week in, in the Quicken Loans or I like Brendan Steele he's knocking in an awful lot of birdies recently um, so if uh, you know if you can continue doing that this week uh, it's a it's a reasonably tough golf course. We can knock in a few birdies. Uh, he can definitely contend and keep the big numbers off the card. And Kevin Streelman's another one. The, the S's this week for the quick and loans for me. Yeah, I'm going Bill Haas. Uh, he's 2013 great. champ he's on this course. Great record uh, around here. Four, and good third. few. Uh, tied fifth uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I just, uh, I don't know. I think Bill Haas might might come into this course and well he's a third year last year and a fourth year before uh, 30th and then a first year before so that's uh, that's some pretty solid form coming back here yeah 25 to 1 so definitely worth a few bob each way um, alright well I suppose that that just leaves me to uh, to say the very best of luck Barry if you do get your match play whereabouts are you now in the match play second round second round yeah. Jesus you're miles behind better than first round well yeah, yeah um, we'll, we'll, we'll take it you know it's, it's, uh, it's match play, match plays fun. We don't get to play a huge amount of it. Is this team team four ball better ball? All right, with Sonny. With Sonny, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, enjoy that. Anybody else who's going to play this weekend, enjoy it. The Twitter handle is a good talk golf. The email is a good talk spoiled at gmail dot com. I'm James Richardson. That's Barry O'Hanrahan. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.